Memphis Springs welcome Pastor Marshall as he comes. Thank you, brother. No, it's hard. Forgive our lack of social distancing. For We haven't seen each other in a year. Last time I went out on a ministry trip was a year ago, and I was here. So it's good to be home. And just to, to clarify things, we are part of the good family. We're, we're good relatives, right? You know what I'm talking about. We're good relatives. It's such a joy, always a joy to be uh, here with you again when uh, we were making plans to come. Uh, Mark needed to call me and let me know that I wouldn't be speaking tonight, which we had previ previously scheduled, but that Pastor Craig will be sharing his testimony. Don't miss it. Very powerful. Of course, my first reaction was, I'm not even coming to Glenwood Springs if I can't. And I'm never going to pray for Pastor Craig ever again, or I'm going to pray that he gets healed later, you know, a week after I come, just so, no, we didn't do any of that. We didn't do any of that. I just said, you know, I'm just so happy to, uh, to get the opportunity to reunite and to, to see everybody and uh, to be with uh, all of you. It's just always just a, a real trip for Cindy and, and I. Uh, to come, a real highlight of uh, our year, and uh, this will be no uh, no different. And I'm expecting with you a great time this morning, and then we're going to have a great time in church uh, tonight as as well. Agreed. Uh, I'm not going to try to recreate first service. I've always and it just never comes out the way I anticipate that it will. But we're going to create our own moment. Uh, together, I'm going to speak to you on something similar, but we're going to create our own uh, moments together and, and believe God for what he has uniquely for us in this, in this second service. Uh, I just want to echo in way of confirmation something that Alan alluded to. He just talked about your year and, and what we're believing for uh, as a church. Uh, we're blessed to be, to be a blessing well, that has become a somewhat overused cliche. It's nevertheless very true about the purpose behind our riches and our wealth and whatever God is depositing on the inside of us, spirit, soul, and body. He is generous with us so we can be generous with someone else. And we believe in uncertain times that that can go to a new level. In fact, last year, about September, we were approaching our 40th uh, anniversary as a church family. We've been celebrating um, uh, church since 1980. So we were moving into our celebration, had a big one planned, and then uh, the pandemic hit, and we still had a great month together of celebration, but we're going to do have a do-over at some point. It just wasn't what we wanted it to be. And uh, But during that period of time, Cindy and I received a check from uh, a couple in our church. They're great friends of ours. Um, and but it was completely unexpected, and it was a personal check for like five thousand dollars. It just showed up, and and we thanked them, of course, and thank God. And I was thanking God for it, and I just I said to God, I said, Why did you do this? Why did you do this right now? And I, I just heard God say to me, He said, I just want to remind you, and then I want you to remind the people that I have you pastor that you are appointed to blessing. So I want you to say that with me. Say, I am, I am appointed, appointed to blessing. 
Now, that's not a confession or a declaration of a certain faith group of people. That's just something the Bible is real clear about. And in fact, I started to teach that. I probably would have taught that tonight <laughs> had things not changed, but I did a series on it. I have eight pages of notes. <laughs> but I just, you know, I thought, I, I, love, I love this biblical truth that I am, you are, we are as the church actually appointed to blessing. It is a matter of position, not a matter of deserving anything or believing enough about a certain thing. It is a matter of position. You and I have inherited the unaffordable life. No one could afford it but Jesus Christ, and he was willing to pay the full price so that we could fall heir to what he deserves. And that's what's coming in our now, and it's what's coming in our future. But I heard God say this. He said, I want to remind you that you're appointed to blessing, so I want you to begin to begin again to expect provision from God from unusual and unexpected places. Would you say that with me? Unusual. Unexpected. That's what Alan was referring to a few minutes ago. Unusual. Say it. Unusual. Unexpected. And I, I, so it got me real stirred up. And again, I felt like God had assigned something to me to bring to the church, remind the church of, especially in a year of so many uncertainties. And in our state, you know, we still can't go into a restaurant and eat indoors in New Mexico yet. We had it for a while. We had like a 25% capacity, and then they rolled it back. And now we can't go indoors to eat in our uh, restaurants. Churches are still at like 25% capacity in our, uh, our state. And, uh, you know, things are a little different there than they are here. We just feel disobedient being here and eating inside a restaurant. We feel free because our governor in New Mexico is playing, we used to play this when we were kids, red, red light, green light with all of our lives. That's what we're playing, red light, green light, and yellow lights in there somewhere. So, But what a joy to come into Denver yesterday and just get to eat inside a restaurant and to be able to, frankly, to be able to see your faces and not try to figure out what you're thinking. At least if you're smiling, I can see you smile. If you're frowning, I, I know you're frowning at me. Okay. But so, um, but in uncertain times, God has still offered us certainties. We're just finishing up a series in the church called Christian Certainties in Uncertain Times. And of course, there are many of those. But um, this is just one of those certainties that we can wrap our hearts around without hesitation is that God, of course, is going to provide for us regardless of our circumstances and regardless of who wins the Super Bowl, okay? He's still going to provide for us, amen. He's invested in Jesus. They're protected in the heavenly places where moth and rust can't corrupt, can't steal, okay? They're held there for us. 
not from us. They're held there for us. Jesus just just did what he taught us to practice when it came to our giving. He said, I don't want you to invest in things that just can rot away and that you can't take with you. Okay? He, He did that. He actually practiced that when it came to our inheritance. So whatever is changing in this life is not affecting what is ours in Christ. Can I have a better amen than that? I mean, it's there for us. So just 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 17, when you get some time, again, I'm not, this is not my message, so I've got to move on. But 1 Kings chapter 17 talks about a prophet by the name of Elijah. It's really the first time we begin to hear about him. And uh, he was a, a very godly man, and God sent him to speak a word of judgment against a very wicked and evil king by the name of Ahab, who was at that time ruling over Israel. And uh, he had married a woman who was not a, a Jewish woman, not an is, is Israelite, by the name of Jezebel. And she was teaching their people how to worship different gods, and in particular Baal. And Baal, by the way, Baal's specialty was moisture. It was rain. It was water. God's judgment in this case was what? You remember? It was drought. So God pinpointed the judgment and said, you can't trust in this. You've got to trust in me. But after uh, Elijah prophesied, God said, now I'm going to have to protect you. You need to be provided protection. You need to be provided food. And you need to be provided water. And I'm going to do it this way. And he sent him out by the brook uh, Cherith, which was east of Jordan. And he said, I want you to drink from the brook. And I'm going to, I have commanded. Everybody say commanded. I have commanded another, uh, another way of translating that Hebrew word, watch this, is appointed. He says, I have commanded that the ravens will feed you both in the morning and in the evening. So I'm going to take care of you, but it's going to come to you through unusual and unexpected. I'd say ravens is fairly unusual, unexpected. And he said, I'm going to do it this way. But it didn't stop there. When the brook dried up because of the drought, God already planning ahead said, I have another appointment for you. I have commanded that a widow woman in Zarephath take care of you. And so when you get there, look for her because I have appointed her to take care of you. Again, very unusual, unexpected, because when he got there, the widow woman had barely enough meal and oil to feed herself and her son. In fact, she was preparing to uh, their last meal, to eat their last meal, and then just go die. She was in need of the appointed blessing as much as Elijah would need the appointed blessing. And I, I find that to be true a lot of times is that God appoints someone to bless me, but I end up being a blessing to them too. And we make that great connection. Again, we're blessed to be a blessing. So I just say that again to say to you is as you go into 2021, don't, this is not a New Year's resolution. I believe it sounds like it's something that God is wanting to do not only for you, but for your community. Because what Alan said was is that he just, as he was praying, he saw an overflow happening. And it was coming to you, and God was entrusting it to you, apparently because he sees you as someone faithful who won't just cling to it and hold on to it and say, it's mine. 
Okay? But you will let it flow to you and through you to other people. More than ever, church family, we need to put on display the real Jesus. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit this morning from a different angle. Never been a greater time, especially with all the upheaval that we experienced this past year and that's continuing into this year, that we remember who we are, that we are the church of the living God. We are the church of the living God. We are a nation that is unlike any other nation on planet Earth. And the, the Corinthian letter that Paul wrote makes that clear that there are Gentiles, a grouping of nations who are without God, who don't know God. They're the Jews who God has chosen and who has not been replaced by the church. But he gave birth to a third nation. Since the day of Pentecost, you see these, uh, these three groups mentioned, the, the Gentiles, the Jews, and the church. Since the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church, we are the third nation and God sees us differently. He deals with us differently because there's no other person, no other people group on the planet that it actually has been born of God's spirit. You can't even get into the church of Jesus Christ until you are born again. You know? It takes more than being born naturally or coming to church and raising your hand and, you know, maybe praying just a prayer that sounds spiritual. You have to be born again. Death has to be taken out of you so that life can be put inside of you. And so God sees us really different. And I just, I, I'm saying that I'm urged, I just believe I'm urged by the Holy Ghost to remind you today, like we've been reminding the church in Albuquerque you're thinking way, way too low about what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. You're, you're, I saw too many Christians living down here in 2020 when everything hit. How they fought their battles, including how they fought their disease. You know, those aren't criticisms. Those are just observations. Believe me, hear my heart. When I say that to you, too many Christians debating the issues the way people who don't have the Spirit of God debate the issues. Too many of us were being recruited to choose sides, whether it was a racial issue or it was a political issue or it was a health issue. We were being recruited. You know why we're being recruited? Because we have real power to make a difference. That difference is Jesus. I said that difference is Jesus. That difference is the Holy Ghost living the life of Jesus on the inside of us. And here we are. Listen to me. When, when you accept tags as the church, like moderate, liberal, conservative, you have fallen into thinking that does not become you. It doesn't become you. That's not who you are. Somebody pressed me one day and they said, you're going to have to choose Black Lives Matter, 
law enforcement. You're going to have to choose. I said, I've already made my choice. His name is Jesus Christ. And his kingdom is not of this earth. And you're not going to recruit me into something, talking about something, preaching about something, giving my life, my energy, my resources to something that is less than what God has done in my life and what God has called me to do. And if you listen to me as a pastor, I can... I would say this to them, I can help you live a higher life, live a more abundant life than what you are being seduced to live. I use the word seduce. My my, uh, son-in-law, who's a pastor, uh, executive pastor where we are there, used the word recruit because people were trying to say to him, come on our side, come on our side, come on our side. Already chosen what side I'm on. And what God gives me and what God shows me in, his, in the Bible is going to address whatever the situation might be. I don't ignore it, but I, I can't begin to think the way the world thinks. God has done something on the inside of me that just cannot be denied. I cannot deny it. You cannot deny it. Live there. Amen. Speaking of Pastor David, he preached a message one time, or, or in that series, uh, Christian Certainties and Uncertain Times, he, he talked about um, eternal life being a certainty. And he just made a quick illustration. Let me make it quick, and, and then we'll move on. But he said this. He said he, he, he took vegetable life as one form of life. Animal life is another form of life. Then you have human life, which is another form of of life, each one of those are different than the other. And he made the statement, it's the statement I put in my notes, and I just, well, I've been thinking on it since. But he said, anytime we take on a life that is less than the one that we were given, it is a tragedy. Anytime we live below the life that we were given, designed it for, then we are living a tragic life. Talked about human beings, how they can actually live and act like animals in their passions, thoughtless, just going with it, going with what feels right at the moment. But even talking about human life, did you know Paul would use this term in this letter to the Corinthians when he would rebuke them for their carnality? They were operating in what we call, what we see in Scripture, a party spirit. It's actually what it's called. They were saying, well, I'm of Apollos, and some were saying, I'm of Cephas, and others were saying, I'm of Paul. And so the church was being divided over that. People were being recruited. People were being seduced to make their choice in leadership. And what always accompanies that kind of Thinking, divisive thinking is if I choose this, then I'm lesser than you. If I choose this instead of what you want me to choose, I'm just wrong. Today, that's developed into what we're calling a cancel culture. If you don't believe like me, you're going straight to hell. No discussion, no conversation about it. 
That's where we're headed. We find ourselves in some of that today. It's nothing new under the sun. It's, it was then, and Paul would come back, and he would, he would say, why do you live? In fact, he said this. He's, I'm just going to paraphrase it for you really quick. He said, why, why do you live like mere men? That's a strange term, but he would say, why do you? You're human. We get that. We all get that. But why are you living that way? Just like you're living like someone who's never been born again. You're living like someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. You're living like someone who's never heard the Word of God. In fact, I came to you and I had some things I wanted to put into you, some revelation from God, and I wanted to give it to you and I couldn't. Because when I came, you were fighting with each other debating who's better than the other. You were acting as mere men, carnal. Church, we can see, being born again, we can still live like Jesus didn't die for us. It's called carnality. Or we can live like the true citizens of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven that we really are. We can live from our spirits who are alive from the dead instead of just the muddle and the waste and the trouble of living that other way. Man, I tell you, I just, are you hearing God speak to you at all? We've got to think like who we really are as a constant fight. It's called renewing of the mind. But bringing it and making it relevant to where we are today, this is our opportunity to let Jesus really shine. This is our opportunity, like never before. There may be another time in the future, but like never before now, to really present the invisible God in a visible way, to present the reality of a resurrected Christ, to be the light in this darkness, you know, and to, to lead people out of the darkness. See, because it's not all about you and me being right. It's about salvation. Jesus not willing that any man perish. Boy, I wish we'd think like that. Because we got certain people in our, in our list, in our mind, we don't mind them going to hell. Because <laughs> the way they treated us, yeah, you go to hell, I don't care. Or the guy who cut you off in traffic, go to hell. It's been odd, you know, how we seem to have lost our humanity, much of it in 2020. We don't, we're not even civil with one another, you know. People are driving worse than they ever drove before. There, there are people driving cars today that are demon-possessed. They're just demon-possessed. And you can't write them a ticket for being demon-possessed. You just ride them one for speeding or cutting someone off in traffic, but they need the devil cast out of them. These are unusual times that we're living in. But man, what are we going to do? Well, we've got to allow God to really rise up in us and speak through us and help others through us, convince, persuade others through us, that there is a Jesus who loves them more than they can begin. 
to imagine. So much that he poured out his life. He gave up his life that they might be healed. I just let me mention this to you. I'm almost out of time, but I think we've done the right thing. I think, I think I've done the right thing. I think I've obeyed God in this. I'm not going to have time to finish this. But let me just give it one example to you about how we can do what I just mentioned, how we can seize the opportunity to bring the Christ life, to point the way, to, to light up the darkness, to help someone. Maybe they're members of your family. Maybe they're coworkers. Maybe you'll see them tomorrow, and you've been praying for their soul. You know, things I'm telling you reach beyond political persuasion, so far above that mess and that muddle. Reaches above the racial injustice, and there's plenty of it, and there's always been plenty of it. I don't know why we're surprised that in the last of the last days, there's going to be an exponential increase and ramping up of the darkness that we've, we've dealt with. I'll just say a quick word about this. You've got to stop letting the internet pastor you. Stop. You've got a, the Holy Spirit. You've got the written word of God. You know, if you're one of those 30-somethings, it seems they're hit the hardest, who's right now just deconstructing your faith, you don't know what to believe, fine, but don't leave out the Bible. Don't just go with your emotions. When we talk about what we're following today and what's shaping our lives today, number one on the list, get this, watch this, our own feelings. Number one. Number two, our friends. You know, our friends. That's how we're living our life. No wonder we're where we're at. You know? Don't listen to the apostle Amazon.com <laughs> or the prophet Google.com or the evangelist Facebook.com. Or pastor Instagram.com or teacher TikTok. Stop. Stop letting your precious, incredibly valuable life. Don't let those influences become more important to you and more predominant in your life than the infallible word of God. Heaven and earth pass away before the word that God has spoken will pass away. And then again, how could you, how, how could, how would you with good conscience ever ignore the beautiful Holy Spirit? He's on assignment. Talk about an assignment to help. He's on assignment. The Holy Spirit is to lead you, to guide you into all the truth. Social media can't do that. Jesus can. The Holy Spirit is. Amen. Don't let it, don't let all of that other shape your life to a point where you're missing out on who you really are in Christ and who we are as the powerful church of the living God. Just don't let that happen. We did a study on just gentleness. In fact, we called it a gentle answer. And the long, the long title was a gentle answer. Our secret weapon 
in an age of us against them. Jesus described himself in one place as just being gentle and lowly. If it's good enough for him, then man, it's good enough for me. The world or you may, may view it as weak. Your pastor's been criticized because he wouldn't allow himself to be seduced. Let me tell you this. If you're seduced, you'll be reduced. When you're seduced, you'll be reduced. Seduction always takes you downward. It never takes you upward. All right? Seduced means reduced. Your pastor's been criticized. I've been, I've been criticized because I just would not. I, my place and my anointing is to speak for Jesus as an under-shepherd and to speak for the kingdom of God. And again, I believe with all my heart, it's practical wisdom that can apply to anything that's political, anything that's racial. You know, I wish we'd get over this race thing. I know that's, that's, that's easy to talk about. I wish we could understand how God sees us in that. You know, I wish we really could just grab hold of that, that we're just all different shades of dirt. Who all need Jesus Christ desperately. That's just too simple for some folk. You know, I wish we could understand. You know, even during Jesus' day, they were calling for the kingdom right now, right now, right now. I hear that in the political fight. I hear it. I hear it in other ways too. I, I just I am a little grieved by it. I feel a failure as a pastor that I haven't done a good enough job of helping you, people like you, think of yourselves the way that God thinks about you. Nobody else is going to do that. God has a point of view of you that you desperately need, I desperately need in order to live any kind of life that, number one, is going to be pleasing to him, and number two, that's going to be powerful enough to affect change and help anybody, anybody else. I don't know about you, but I think gentleness is a real key going forward. I think we need to do gentle better than we've done gentle. The only other choice, the opposite of gentle, is to be brutal, and that just doesn't sound like Jesus at all to me, to be gentle. To follow him even in that. To take on his demeanor, his character, even in that. You know? And then I'll close with this. We need to do anger well as a part of that. There are two angers that are mentioned in the scripture. One is ours. Just human anger. And the Bible says it never works righteousness. So if you're just be angry, you're going to be angry. The end result of that, I don't care how good you feel afterwards. And we, boy, can we feel good afterwards after we've been real angry and given someone a piece of our mind but you got to remember every time you're giving a piece of your mind away your brain's getting a whole lot smaller and some of you are at a critical point i'm just saying make a better decision next time amen okay so we need to do anger well there is an anger that's right to love the way god loves you have to hate the way god hates there can be no compromise there. It gets very simple. If I hate people being sick and I want them to be healthy, then i got to hate what's making them sick. I don't hate sick people. I hate what's making them sick. 
Amen. If I want people to be at peace, I have to perfectly hate what brings confusion, what brings fear. It's, it just goes on and on. If I want them to, to have a sense of belonging, I have to hate what gets into their soul that makes them feel all alone or like they can't dream. You talk about tragedy. If there's no faith, that's tragic. But if there's no hope, you can't dream anymore. That's beyond tragic. And if, if I'm going to love perfectly, I have to love what helps people dream the way God wants them to dream. Amen? So we got to do anger better than we're doing it because the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Okay, number two, uh, just we've got to forgive all the way. Say this out loud. Say, I'm a forgiver, and God helps me forgive all the way. Number three, we just want to respond uh, well when we're provoked. Okay, you're going to be provoked. Be careful. Don't just fall right into something. Again, I had a, a, man, a young man. He's a black African-American man, a young man. Very powerful, anointed of God. He's on our currently on our worship team. We've kind of watched him grow up in church. I think he has an international anointing on his life. Very powerful man. And uh, when all of this started, especially with the death of uh, Mr. Floyd, then um, people immediately were going after uh, him to take sides, take their side. And he was. He was sharp enough in spirit to say no to, to that recruiting and no to that seduction and to protect the anointing on his life. In fact, I had a word, I believe, by the Spirit of God for him just along those lines. God was so pleased that the stand he had taken was for God and for the things of God. And because of it, his anointing had not been limited or hindered. And that it would continue to grow and, and his ability to flow in it would continue to grow because he didn't allow himself to be taken down. Number four, you got to grow tougher skin without it hardening your heart. You can't harden your heart and minister well to anybody. You don't want to harden your heart, which usually happens over wounds and hurts and disappointments. Um, but learn how to not take everything so personal, okay? Let, learn how to not make life all about you. And just, you know, it hurts, it stings, whatever. Just grow a little, mature a little. Know that it's still going to come, but you don't have to give in to it. And, and, and at the same time, don't harden your heart. And the last thing here is just become resistant to offense, Offense. The word that's translated offense in the New Testament has to do actually with a stick trap. Some of you are hunters, probably familiar with that, or if you uh, hunt birds in particular, that you can, a real simple trap, and it has a stick trip in it, and once that is tripped by traffic, then the trap closes on, its, on, uh, on whatever. And so that's the picture that's been written for us is that offense is like a trap. And you got to just know that offense is going to come. Jesus said that. I wish they wouldn't. Me too. But they're going to come. Offenses are just going to come. You're going to have every opportunity to be offended, maybe even before you, you get home uh, this afternoon. I hope it doesn't happen, but it could. But it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Okay. Don't take the trap. 
And watch this, and I am done. If Satan can't get you personally offended, he will get you to take up the offense of someone close to you. Same thing happens. Could be a friend. It could be who you're married to. Uh, it could be something, uh, you know, anyone for that matter. But usually it's someone that you really love, and they got hurt. They were offended. And so Satan can't get to you that uh, directly, but he'll get to you through that friend, and you'll take up their cause. But the, same, the result will be the same. You both end up trapped. Okay? Did you learn anything today? I just got to stop. Man, you, you're, you guys are awesome. So would you just stand to your feet? What a, stand to your feet with me, please. What a blessing you are. I just want to pray over the word that we have shared today. And, uh, and then Pastor Mark is going to return to the platform. Again, Pastor Mark, thank you. Tasha, thank you for having us in your life. I don't know. I told First Service, I'll tell you too. I don't know how I, I would do life without the, this couple. And you have become a part of our fabric. Uh, the fabric of our life. We don't, we don't know how we would do life without you. So let's not try. <laughs> let's l- let the good times roll. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the time we've had. Thank you. We count it precious. I pray peace over every life here today. Supernatural peace. It doesn't come from all our circumstances being just right or all our ducks being in a row, so to speak. It comes because we're in right relationship with you. And we thank you for the peace now that just would wash over troubled souls. We pray wholeness. We pray healing over every life here today. God, we believe in the name of Jesus as we continue to make you our focus And why we're here, primarily, our focus. And God, your peace will be released in our life and your power will be released from our life to make a real difference that some people can only debate over and to make a real difference that some people can only scream over a microphone over, to make a real difference that some people think can only be changed by pointing a, a, a loaded weapon at someone else or taking up a baseball bat to someone else to make a real difference, God, in the lives of people on their deepest level. Help us, God, to be gentle with our words and with our answers and in our demeanor and exercise the power of God and the wisdom of God and all these other areas that we just touched on. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, as we move forward, and we are moving forward. We are. We're moving forward. That, God, we are continuing to be strengthened on the inside and the inner man by the Spirit of God, and it's showing up not only in our lives, in our quality of lives, but in our ability and our willingness to reach those who are yet without life. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, don't let us forget anything that we talked about today that was a word from Jesus. Bring it to our remembrance. And Lord, we pray it will bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, 
some hundredfold or maximum yield in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church family. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Marshall.